right, so welcome back to another episode of Black Hair Care No Chaser. And so this episode, y'all know I don't record on any kind of schedule. <laughs> I record when I feel the spirit, when something hits me and says, Kanisha, girl, you got something to talk about. Whether that is I'm venting because sometimes my niche market is quite upsetting or I'm excited about something or like I'm just having some kind of strong feelings. So let me introduce myself. My name is Kenesha Tillman. I own a business by the name of Tutus and Tennis Shoes, which is a hair care education company. And I specialize in teaching white adoptive parents how to take care of their black kids hair. And sometimes that niche market really, really gives me strong feelings. Um, A lot of times it gives me strong feelings because I feel helpless in the grand scheme of things. Like I can't undo centuries of racism. I can't undo the income gap between, you know, the uh, black community and the white community. And I can't undo the high rates of black children being pulled from their household and put into white households with little, well, I'm not going to say little um, regards to the child's well-being, but there's not enough um, regards to child's well-being because a lot of times these families, oh, wait, let me switch that. Not a lot of times, but there are times that these families are given the child without making sure that they are safe households or that that um, foster or hopeful adoptive parent is mentally ready, culturally fluent enough, things like that, right? A lot of those things go to the wayside. They're not even considered. There's no um, training. That is also not complete true statement. Hold on. It's not that there's no training. There's inadequate training. So there is some in most agencies, but there it's very minimal. Um, And there's not a lot of ongoing support for these families. Once they realize like, oh crap, I brought this child home. I am in an ocean that I didn't even know existed. Don't think I can swim out here. What happens now? So through hair care, I kind of send a little bitty flotation device, like a tiny one. I don't think that what I teach and talk about is adequate enough either, but I do think that it does help fill some of the gaps. It does take an emotional toll. So a lot of times I come to this podcast, well, that's what it was started for anyway, to relieve some of the stress of the emotional toll. Okay, y'all. So not last week and the weekend before, I ruffled some feathers, y'all. I posted a picture. I had blocked out the kid's face, tried to zoom in to block out their background, but you could see their hair. The pictures of that child were compared to another child who it was just the back of their head. And quite honestly, I didn't remember whose back of the head that was. I have a lot of customers and they send me pictures and they do give me permission to use those pictures, but then they just kind of like collect in my phone. Um, And so these are two pictures of Twist. Now I knew both came from families that had white parents. And um, the point of the post was to compare which Twists were ready for picture day. One of the pictures, the hair was frizzy, it was dry. It was not twisted well. 
the style looked like it was old. In some of those pictures, the style wasn't old. That is just unfortunately the way the style had been installed because unfortunately the parent had not learned from a professional like myself who specializes in teaching natural hair care. She had learned from someone else who was teaching her some anecdotal advice that may or may not have worked um, on one child that, you know, it it's no guarantee it would work on another child. And when you are teaching anecdotal advice like that, you don't necessarily have the experience of working on multiple heads or even learning how to teach parents who are starting at ground zero. So in any case, the parent was missing some steps to say the least, right? So anyway, it was in no me, and the post was in no way meant to um, tear down one parent versus another. It actually didn't even talk about the parents. It just said, hey, compare these hairstyles, which one is ready for picture day? Anyway, that, woo, y'all, y'all talking about a hot mess. That was a hot mess on my profile because the parent of the child whose hair was not twisted well, jumped on the profile and was like, you know, take my kid's picture down. I don't like this. This is not. Um, she has a mega account. The pictures were from a public account that is also monetized. So it's basically like an advertisement page. Um, so in a story is she got mad because I wouldn't take it down and like I wasn't going for her argument. In all that chaos, though, black women who originally followed her um, came over to my page to attack me. So that person the transracial adoptive mom posted in her stories that I needed to be reported because I was harassing her and something else. And she has quite a few thousand followers. So of course that sent people to my page to share their opinion, to report me, to make comments, all these things. And some of the black women were making comments. And I think that hit a little differently than just arguing with white women or debating white women online. I debate white women online on a regular basis. I am used to them telling me that my opinion doesn't matter, that I don't know what I'm talking about, that I need to say it nicer. I don't need to say it at all. I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing that wrong. Like I, it comes with the territory. Every job has its hazards. And that is one of mine, right? So I have gotten kind of used to that. However, I don't have a lot of interaction with black women um, attacking me. Now, I've had, when I first started Tutus and Tennis Shoes, and um, I switched over to being more focused on transracial adoptive families, I heard a murmur of basically me being a sellout. Um, I'm teaching these white women our skills, and like I am empowering them to take more of our kids and things like that. And um, that's not true. I actually wish I could do more to keep our kids in the household. But part of the reason our kids are being taken so much is because we are overly criminalized for being in the poverty that was created for us to be in. And until I myself have removed myself from the risk of that, I unfortunately am not as powerful as I would like to be in changing that course. But please believe uh, I do have ideas and want to work on at least small ways now to keep more of our children in the home, to reduce some of the um, power that are broken. Well, it's not broken because it was created this way. 
but our unjust system has because I know that I'm not a person who can fight the whole system, but I do have some ideas to help strengthen our community to make it harder for our children to be taken out. But first, I got to get myself on stable ground. And so with all that being said, I've not heard a lot of uh, negative comments from Black women, you know, since then. I've been, I've tried to be very clear in my promotion of tutus and tennis shoes that I am, even though I teach white parents how to take care of the Black kids here, it is not necessarily in the, I'm not making an effort of, uh, let's, let's reword it. I am ultimately trying to empower kids that I otherwise would not be able to have an impact on. So a lot of times black kids in white households, they're, they are not given the skills to care for their own body because the parent didn't learn it. And so if I can catch those parents while these kids are children, you know, infants, toddlers, even teenagers, and teach the parent a skill that the child will need, then I'm able to impact that child and hopefully impact them in a way that supports more of their self-love and self-worth. And they're able to go out into this world and be a successful person in beautiful Black skin who also still loves the Black community. The white parent is kind of a conduit, right? I'm not going to say I don't care about them, but they are not my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal is to positively affect the black child in their household. And a lot of times the parent and I that wants to learn, we will come together as a team. It ends up being a beautiful symbiotic, you know, relationship. But there are these other times that some parents are not able to receive the help They don't like how I package it. And I get it. I am not palatable to everybody. Uh, And actually, at this point in my life, I ain't even trying to be, to be real, real honest. I am not trying to be like, everybody don't even like macaroni cheese. Everybody didn't like Jesus. Not that I'm comparing myself to Jesus. That's a whole different conversation about, you know, religion, spirituality. I'm not saying I'm like Jesus. But like, nobody likes everything or everybody. I'm not in high school anymore. And actually, I was lame in high school. Being teased and not liked and ostracized or rejected is nothing new. So again, when there are white adults who are like, you are not for me. I don't like you. Clickety-clack on their you know, keyboard or swiping on their screen. It doesn't affect me as much. But when Black women come to me, these are my peers. In a lot of ways, I think of them as you know, having some underlying connection. And they don't see how the work that I'm trying to do is to benefit our community, that hits a little different. That hurts a little bit. When they attack me and say that, for instance, one of them was like, well, you just want access to her, however many thousand followers. And it's like, if I wanted access to all those followers, that's what I would ask for. I would have been in her comments. Like, there's a whole different way to go about this. That's not at all what I was trying to do. Um, I had one of them say something about my hair and was like, well, your hair is not even that great. Girl, I know. I know. Um, I had micro locks or mini locks because micro locks is trademarked and we didn't do that technique. So I had mini locks. Um, Most of my pictures is of my mini locks. 
I am a person who is very transparent. There are plenty of pictures on my business profile where I look a hot mess because that is what I look like in the moment. I woke up, my hair was all over my head. I'm having dental surgery. I am missing a front tooth right now. I will be missing it for like the next six months because I have to do Invisalign before they put this new tooth in, all these things. I still show up online in my authentic self. There are pictures of me on my business page where the the temporary replacement tooth is not in my mouth because I have forgotten it in the house. I went down to the car, thought of what I wanted to say to the people that I talked to and still came online and said it because ultimately what I'm trying to do is more important than trying to fake or create this facade of who I am. And yes, I understand to a certain extent that there is professionalism and there is branding and there is these other things. And, you know, I keep my branding colors consistent. I try to keep the fonts consistent, but I'm just not a person who's willing or even good at keeping up a facade of what I'm supposed to be like. So this black woman comes to my page to defend this white woman who, outed herself because honestly nobody else knew that that was her kid whose twists were done bad right and then she had a temper tantrum and it was overly dramatic and if anybody had taken a second to really look they would have known like you know what I'm not about to engage in this but no this black woman came to the page to defend her and in all her righteousness she decided to take a personal dig at me about my hair that I'm honest about on my page um, ma'am, can you have a seat? And so it wasn't really her comment about my hair or the state of my hair that hurt because it wouldn't have hurt. It was more so like, damn, am I failing black women? Am I not making it clear enough that my main goal in my business is to create safer spaces for future black women to create a place where these skills are being passed on to who is in their household to hopefully change that person's mind to prioritize looking at this future black woman as a whole human being that is deserving of knowing how to care for herself the rest of us black women typically we learn how to care for our bodies from our families the women in our households that look like us whether we're learning how to paint our toes, we're learning how to put on body butters, we're learning how to comb our hair. Now, not to say every Black woman knows how to do hair excellently, because we don't. We, we don't all know how to do hair excellently. My mom was never a hairstylist at all. She barely could put in a plait. Like, that's just not her thing. She got kind of okay at ponytails and some twists and some plaits, and that's where it ended, okay? My grandmother, on the other hand, was a cosmetologist who forced my other her other two female children to learn hair care she forced them to become cosmetologists because she needed her their help in the salon my mother being the late accidental baby did not learn any of that and therefore when I came up my hair care was interesting right but because I grew up in a black household I had aunties I had grandmas we had black friends there were other people to learn from a lot of times the black kids in the transracial adoption households do not have this extended village. So when I am catching their parents, I am trying to create that village for them. I am trying to not only teach like, hey, 
this is how you make a ponytail. This is how you put in a braid. This is how you do this. There is plenty of YouTube videos that teach that. If that was all that was necessary, the answer is already out there. However, that is not all that is necessary. A lot of times the white families don't even understand the why. They don't understand how important it is. They don't understand how their comments are deteriorating their child's self-esteem. They don't understand how their monetized account with their child looking a hot mess is eventually going to be a problem to that child's mental and emotional health. They don't understand how putting them in all white communities, all white schools, all white churches, all white families can be detrimental. And so if it takes me sometimes bringing a lesson to the forefront that may be a little more, and I'm not even gonna say my lessons are harsh because honestly they're not, but a little more blunt and blatant. If that's what it takes to help transform this parent's mind and bring them into the light, that they have to do a little bit more, change a few things, bring some new people into their house or into their family, not necessarily their house, but into their family, into their community, maybe go across town to church a couple of times a month and, you know, to mix it up a little bit, to give this child the full village that they need along with, this is how you park. This is how you do a ponytail. This is how you apply gel. Then that's what I'm going to do. There has been far more adult adoptees that have said that they appreciate what I teach and how I teach it because they wish somebody had been there in their parents' life to bring their parents into the light. And how now as an adult, and it doesn't matter if they're 18, 37, 45, they're still working through the damage not having access to self-care caused. When we think of self-care, we sometimes think of the frilly stuff that Instagram and uh, TikTok shows, the bubble baths, that's cute. The journaling, that's dope. It is helpful. The um, time alone, the me time. But what happens when your very basic self-care? I took a bath. I don't know how to, I don't know which soaps are better for my skin. I don't know what to do when I get out the bath, you know, so my skin doesn't look like crocodile skin. I have hair on my head but it's a mystery to me. I don't even know how to communicate with people who look like me. What happens when those very basic skills are not there? Can you imagine the confusion, um, the feeling of being disconnected, the feeling of just kind of the isolation, right? They, we can uh, we we can avoid some of that. And if me having a slightly smart mouth, my mouth is not slightly smart. It is extremely smart, especially offline. But it is only a little above slightly smart on two twos and tennis shoes. If my sometimes blunt, not sugar-coated enough voice, posts, whatever, can help eliminate some of those challenges for the next adult black uh women and men who have been adopted then god damn it i'm gonna keep right right on doing what i'm doing i'm going to keep right on doing what i'm doing even if i'm a hypocrite because y'all i am i am a lazy natural 
Um, I teach white parents all day long. You need a scarf. You need to moisturize. You need to do these steps. This is how you get the healthy hair. And then I won't do those steps. But the difference is I know the steps. Just like I told old girl, the black woman who came on my page to let me know I don't look that great. My hair is not that great. You're right. But at the end of the day, whenever I am ready to make those changes, I have the ability, the skill, and the village around me to help support me in making those changes. So girl, when I want to get cute, I know who to call. I know what to do. I'm comfortable going in the salon or I'm comfortable doing it at home. I know what's going to happen. You know, that's a different feeling than me looking a hot mess and me thinking that this is the only way that I can present myself. Me wondering my, why my hair is constantly on my pillow. When my hair is excessively shedding or breaking, I know why. Because I was lazy the last couple of weeks. I don't think that there's something deeply and inherently wrong with me. And I don't feel lost as to how to find the resources. And I don't go to YouTube and wonder why now that I'm on my 70th video, I can't get that right. It's still not working for me. It must be something wrong with my hair. I must not be the same kind of black that these black women are. No, I don't have any of those thoughts. Not to say I don't have body images issues because I do, <laughs> but they're deeply set in a different trauma. And uh, we can talk about that another day. And uh, I haven't completely how to fix that, learned how to fix that. But this hair care issue for transracial adoptees, or for biracial children who are growing up with a white parent, maybe not having access to the black parent, whatever. Girl, I got them. I can help. I can. I know my lane and I ride it very well. Have y'all ever been on a highway and seen that car that swerves back and forth, but they never get out their lane? They go from the dotted line to the solid line. Girl, that's me. I'm all over my lane. I got this. I got this. I know how to teach what I teach. And I have been successful in transforming parents to at least start thinking about um, how they're speaking, how they're going about hair care, how they're going about skincare, how they are viewing all of it, how they are viewing their children and making some changes. I don't lead them to the full promised land, right? I don't have that skill set. That's not my lane. That takes quite a few highways to actually get there. But I do spark some of that thought through hair care. And then they go out and they find the other people and the other professionals that they need to get closer to the promised land. The promised land doesn't really exist. It's a journey. It's not a destination. They figure that out along the way. And by the time they figure it out, it doesn't seem overwhelming because they built this community of people around them to help them continue on this journey. And the child has this new community of people who is committed to them for the long haul. That's why I do what I do. I know I'm not the end all be all. I know I'm not the only one. I know I am not the best at some things, but I do know what I'm good at. And I do lean into it as much as possible. And I welcome the rest of the community to do their job. Yeah. Y'all, I'm at the end of my, um, the end of my, uh, my spiel. 
I don't even know what else to say. It's not a drop the mic moment, but my mind is not flowing. Like I feel like I have completed that thought and shared with y'all what I needed to share today. I appreciate you all listening. This can be a little bit more interactive. Um, You can leave reviews. You can share this podcast if you would like. You can shoot me an email at heykanisha. Well, my email is heykanisha at tutustinishoes.com. And you can follow me on social media. uh, So like Instagram, I'm the most active. So it's tutus underscore tennis underscore shoes. Um, I'm on YouTube. There's some stagnant videos there. I'm on Twitter. Don't know how to work it well. Call me old. It's fine. I'm 80s, baby. I know what it is. There's a TikTok. Y'all, I post there sometimes, okay? I do like watching funny TikToks, though. That's that's my jam. Um, and yeah, so I guess I'll catch up with y'all later. Have a very good day.